everyone. My name is Rowena Curtis, UK Marketing Manager for Intertech Business Assurance, and I'm joined today by Intertech's Global Innovations and Quality Manager, Patrick McNamara, Agri Relationship Manager, Robin Levin, and Arable and Fresh Produce Scheme Manager, Marie Keyes. Regenerative agriculture is a term increasingly being used, but what does it mean and how can it help? With that, I'll hand over to Patrick to facilitate the discussion. Thank you, Rowena, and hello to everyone tuning in. Thank you for taking the time to join us today. Now, in this series, we've previously looked at new techniques in agriculture, and we know that climate experts have, in a series of reports, cited the need for a less impactful form of food production as a key requirement in mitigating the effects of climate change. Now, the term regenerative and the phrase regenerative farming have more recently become almost synonymous with a positive approach to agriculture, one which can not only provide sustainable food, but potentially reverse some of the negative effects of earlier agricultural methods. But what is regenerative farming? Can it be easily defined or even defined at all? Is it following a set of agreed rules or is it simply understanding the best option for the local environment in each case. Can those companies claiming to be regenerative justify the claim? And if so, what metrics might we use to demonstrate the positive effects of their actions? Is regenerative farming actually just what our ancestors might have called, well, farming? Or is it indeed embracing the best of new technology? So to help us wade through these issues this morning, I have with me Robin Levin and Marie Keyes from Intertech SAI. So good morning to you both. Now, hey, Patrick. Hi. Now, if we start with definition, um, which has been one of those things which seems to be quite difficult to, to itemise, um, is there a definition? Uh, if so, is it one that can be universally applied or is it something that is so unique to each environment that it's going to be quite difficult to put a handle on? If I could turn to you first, Robin, in terms of is there a definition for ag uh, regenerative agriculture? Thank, thank you, Patrick. Yes, there, there is a, a definition, a growing definition. I'm going to let Marie come in um, with, with some of uh, the detail there. But it's what I will say is it's based on um, agroecology and if you're not sure what that is it's a it's a holistic approach that seeks to reconcile agriculture and local communities with natural processes for the common benefit of nature and livelihoods do you want to add to that marie yes thank you robin uh, thank you patrick um I think we touched on it slightly. It does mean many different things to many different people. But regenerative agriculture, um, as the word would imply, um, is, is more than just sustainability, sustaining what we're doing now. It's more about an active rebuilding of systems within our agricultural landscape, be it the biodiversity with which we farm in, the landscape around us and recovering that, or soil health and, and building soil health uh, within our farming soils that we have today. But again, many different things to many different people. Uh, and isn't yeah. it true as well that we're we're not just using old techniques um, uh, that that probably we haven't used uh, more recently, but we're actually using a lot of really great technology to get the best out of 
using, revisiting some of the older practices. Um, and it's that technology that makes this unique and is going to drive us forward. When we talk about technology, I mean, we are very much here, based here in the UK, quite advanced in those sort of uh, opportunities. But when we talk about um, regenerative agriculture globally, not everybody has access or the same type of access to that technology. And even farmers within the UK here, whether it be the, the demographic of farmer that we have or the the option to have access to that technology, you know, it it does vary depending on the background of the farm, the country, and the background of the farmer as well. I think um, when we talk about the the technology and understanding that we have now, um, if you see in the picture behind me, uh, you probably can't if you're just listening to this, but um, we've got a field here that's uh, been under grass for a, a very long period of time and it's had animals grazing upon it and we know that the weight of bacteria and fungi in the topsoil beneath it weighs uh, far more than the life above it um, the equivalent of 2,000 sheep per hectare just the weight of live material live and and uh, organic material in the soil and what we're trying to find out now and what we are doing is harnessing that uh, natural uh, process to the benefit of everybody the soil itself um, the livestock and and uh, crops and people above it and it's it's utilizing it and keeping it sustained as well um, that that uh, we're now doing we can identify uh, various types of bacteria and how they coexist in the soil and the fungi and the, and these are the techniques we're using along with um, our bigger industry our manufacturers who are also working to improve what they're doing with uh, nutrition and fertilizers and cultivation and so on uh, so we can all combine to create a much more modern vision of regenerative farming yeah, I think that that's really interesting, Robin, and, and thank you both for, for the comments there. And I think this is one of the reasons why it's so difficult to define in one or two lines. Um, there's some amazing work being done in the Sahel and, and in West Africa in terms of regenerating impoverished land that, that has been impoverished by by you know monocropping for many, many years. So I, I think it is about local food environments and that's something that's been reinforced by the IPCC, by the World Health Organization and by the United Nations as well. Uh, so that's really interesting. In terms of if we can't define it, is it possible then to have a set of standards or a set of metrics that we can use to actually measure people's contributions to this? Because as people start to claim being regenerative, there is perhaps a commercial advantage that they're gaining by doing so. So if I could come back to you perhaps on, is there a possibility of a standard? Is there a possibility of grouping a number of standards in order that we might have some reasonable metrics by which to measure regeneration? Yes, I'll start the, the ball rolling here. I, th I think... Um, Certainly, we need to understand the techniques so that they can be employed, employed, uh, deployed. Sorry, in in a number of situations, uh, we've also got to understand why farmers would actually want to engage in regenerative farming. Uh, 
is it the public that want it? Is it uh, um, the supermarkets and retailers that want it? Is it uh, the politicians? You know, where is the benefit? And I, I think what is emerging is that creating a bigger carbon capacity in the soil, which we need to improve our farming, um, then uh, that's one reason for doing it. But it does require investment from the farmer. And so to to be to deploy that investment, uh, the farmer really needs to have a, a pretty cool, strict, if you like, um, guideline about what they want to do. So a standard would really help. Uh, but whether it would be a standard alone, a standard that's on its own for regenerative farming, the standard, or whether it would be one particular technique or one particular farming type, um, and therefore whether it should sit alongside existing standards that farmers are using anyway. And we shouldn't forget that most of the standards we have uh, already have um, some quite good pedigree with sustainability uh, and improving so maybe for me maybe regeneration could sit alongside those standards there are some uh, already some initial thoughts and ideas about standards that are emerging but i think for farms to take them up they, they could be techniques they could fit alongside um, existing standards that might be easier for for them to to be successfully understood and marketed um, there, there's also uh, another area of this which is um, uh, the effect on carbon capture and and the fact that it could be worth uh, carbon credits and therefore could be worth uh, paying either by government or individual companies who are wishing to invest in carbon credits for farmers and so we have some examples from uh, one or two companies that are involved in this where they can trade those carbon credits to the benefit of the farmer and the standard behind that would really help uh, make that clear to people um, exactly how those uh, carbon savings have been made. I think it's worth noting when we talk about the possibility of a standard is the the already we have an audit burden upon farm, especially here in the UK, there's several audits that they have to do, things that they have to do to reach or to meet retailer demands. So we've got the audit burden of doing that. It also comes with a financial burden as well, because they have to pay for just the audit, not uh, let alone all the other things that they have to get involved with in terms of that um, building their regenerative agricultural portfolio. So at the moment, farmers are expected to take all of those financial risks. Um, and when we talk about carbon credits and things being available through uh, a type of audit, um, those financials need to be accessible to all farmers, um, not just those who have the technical function within a business. There are a lot of smaller farmers out there. So when we're talking about a standards, as Robin said, there are already a lot of schemes out there that do already encompass this. Um, there is obviously still a, a financial burden associated to that. 
but it does need to be very much accessible for everybody and and different things are within different companies so uh, within different countries sorry you say not only just different technologies but different outcomes now we've got to measure these things to be able to monitor the outcomes um, and and get that financial reward so it's it's difficult to get a standard that would cover everybody across every global farming business perhaps it could be that the financial reward will come for for us in the uk in in the form of the environmental land management uh, subsidy system proposed by government Um, but it's not clear how that will really operate yet that's interesting and there are some very good points there about the number of standards that already exist and and marie i think your point about the burden of cost in terms of an already financially stricken sector i think is really really pertinent but there is also the burden of risk to farmers in changing techniques that they're familiar with and the burden of risk is entirely on the farmer and not the beneficiaries from their actions and and perhaps that's something that you know we can think about um Moving on then, and and Robin, your last point is quite pertinent. Is there a particular type of farming that lends itself to regenerative practices? Livestock farming, arable farming, combination, or maybe something completely different? Um, Is there a way of broadly applying the principles or is it best served by a particular type of farming, do you think? I think some farmers might listen to this and actually feel slightly insulted because they're probably employing what we might call regenerative techniques anyway. Um, for example, there might be many people, particularly in the northern part of the country, who are under their spring barley, for example, with grass and um, thereby saving a, at least one series of cultivations probably reducing disease risk, uh, you know, and maximising the production of the field. Um, Other examples, you know, that people uh, will um, graze land with livestock over a period of time, which will restore fertility. (coughs) They'll then grow a crop for a year or two. And we're already talking about practices that organic farmers are doing. You know, is organic farming regenerative? Yeah, probably it is the pr- principally regenerative, and a lot of people are really doing this. Um, it, it's getting people to do more. Um, uh, we, we've seen some great examples of mob grazing and introducing livestock into an arable situation, even at just like a brief temporary basis, uh, which can help the livestock supplier by extending uh, the feeding period, the grazing forage period, and help the arable farmer um, by improving fertility and so on. So there's some great uh, examples of what we're doing. And it, it already it might encourage people to look back on uh, we used to graze crops, particularly winter crops that are grown proud, um, with sheep in particular, sometimes with livestock, depending on the soil type. Um, and it would reduce disease, it would improve fertility, tread around the roots, press it down. It was fantastic. And, and those general things can be done everywhere. 
um, with those broad acre style crops. Um, we've got some other types of farming that, that already lend themselves to um, uh, biodiversity. So with, with a few changes in techniques, fruit growing fruit, particularly tree fruit, um, bush fruit, you can have a, a, a large amount of uh, uh, biodiversity and even livestock being involved, particularly trees, I hasten to say. Um, so, yeah, I think it's it's choosing the type of regenerative technique to fit your particular farm that's the key. Um, um, yeah. No, no, I agree with, with Robin wholeheartedly on that. I mean, there are so many different farms. I mean, if we just look at the UK alone, so many different soil types, so many different areas of the country with different climatic um, conditions, whether you're on the east east coast of this country and you know very, very dry to the west where we're having you know, much higher rainfall periods, very different soil types. Every farm is facing its own individual challenges um, and some of those won't be suitable to having livestock on it and again i think we come back to this definition of what is regenerative i don't think we can necessarily narrow it down to types of farming i think it must include all types of farming in its own individual way and i think most farms not all but most farms do have that sort of one thing in common and that is the soil in which they farm upon and i think if we start from the ground up and we start looking at the soil health and working our way from there everybody can look at the soil health we can do it without huge amounts of cost input we've got the government elms at the moment where they're looking at things like organic matter we can do visual assessments we can do earthworm counts we can do um, VES assessments ahdb do a really good um, soil health card scorecard that people can use and once we start mo monitoring i think no matter what farming system that you've got if you're working from the soil up we can start measuring and then we can start monitoring and then you can look even if it's small steps at a time you can look at those improvements or possibly even a particular farming practice that sets you back we can learn from those and we can work our way forward and uh, and look to regenerative farming in in smaller easy steps potentially reducing the risks and then it can be applicable to all all farmers i think that'd be my take no, that's fantastic thank you both so much for that um and i, I think both of your points speak directly to the United Nations and the IPCC's take on this, which is there is a best solution for every single local environment. And, and you're, you're quite right, Marie. In some cases, that is crazy cow. And, and anybody who ever uses the phrase, it's not the cow, it's the how, um, will understand that there are cases in which you cannot grow anything, but the best environmental outcome for that particular environment is by grazing cattle. So it is about the local food environments and the best environmental outcome for your own particular area. Um, unfortunately, I think that's about all we have time for today. Though I, I guarantee you we could talk at greater length on this subject, I have no doubt. Um, thank you to both Robin Levin and Marie Keys for taking part in today's session. That was genuinely interesting and insightful. While there are challenges in scaling up regenerative agriculture, and there's definitely some way to go in terms of increasing consumer understanding, I think one thing is clear that there are some 
benefits and a lot of many positive aspects of the approach to consider. And I'm sure as the scope and number of regenerative practices increases, your expertise will be very valuable and called on a lot more, I think. Um, thank you both again. Now I'll hand back to Rowena to close today's session. Thanks, Patrick. That sums up the topic perfectly. Um, and thanks to everyone for listening to this episode. If you would like details of our services for the agri-sector, please get in touch via intertech.com. Have a great rest of your day.